Hi, I'm Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And we're your hosts of Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. We explore and process our experiences with sex, dating, survival, self-worth, and everything in between. We also invite guests to talk about their own experiences, too. Some recent ones include Michelle Zahner of Japanese Breakfast, Ki Kwan... Bowen Yang, and the list goes on and on. Feeling Asian has had a pretty exciting year so far after being named a top podcast of 2021 by CNN and being featured on Apple and Spotify's homepages. We hope the podcast is creating a compassionate space for Asians, Asian Americans, and Asians in America to be themselves without feeling as if their time is a fleeting moment. Tune into Feeling Asian every Wednesday for new episodes. What's up, y'all? I'm Amanda Seals, and listen, I get it. We're in some serious times, so I think some of y'all forgot I'm a comic. She had them jokes. I mean, you forgot I had a whole HBO comedy special. I you forgot I showed love to how black women give compliments. Okay, polka dots. And threw shade to how white women move in corporate America. Stop CCing all these unnecessary people on these goddamn I get it. We've been cooped up for a long time. That's why the Amanda Seals Black Outside Again Comedy Tour is coming to a city near you. Go to amandaseals.com today and get your tickets so we can laugh and learn our way through this madness together. How black am I going to have to get? A podcast network. Just as always, like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go whenever you are. Whenever you are, I am ready to start chewing out towards. Whenever you are ready to start recording, I will pull out of my purse and start chewing an Altoid into the mic. Have you? Do you like how uh, I have moved further? Uh, like throughout every podcast, we start at the table and then uh, you just push me further away. Yeah. <laughs> like the the throughout every, I'm like now I'm three feet away how from the I table. How am I pushing you away? You're so because every time you take a breath. <laughs> You come back a decibel louder. <laughs> you'll be telling a story and you're like, you'll, you'll, you'll be like, da, 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 and then you'll think and you'll go, so, <laughs> and then you keep it at that volume for the, re- for the next, so which one? I'm like, that's not that loud or whatever, but I'm like, I don't, I, I've, you know, especially in a place like this where it's not ideal for recording, I'm like right. worried about the, like the, my mic picking it up and it just, you know, yeah. and whatever. And then, what uh, an allegory and for then, and then <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then you'll pause for a minute and you'll collect yourself and you'll go, um, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> and I, and I just scoot back. <laughs> and <I'm> like, it's. <laughs> It's forceful. It's for yeah. you remember the dog the dogs are weird joke yeah. that your sister left. <laughs> dogs are weird. <laughs> it's like that all the time. <laughs> You're listening to Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just so read our friends. Listen to them talk. Uh, we remember like we would 
get we would we would get like complaints about sound quality stuff yeah. and they were like Aaron's hard to hear. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we were talking at two different volumes. <laughs> now 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 that we've learned a little bit more about editing, whenever I edit an episode, I do like the limiter. Yeah. And I all I'm always putting uh well no, it's not always sometimes they're different sometimes there are episodes where you're quieter than me. Yeah. But like uh anyway that does happen a lot where one of us is talking at a different volume and now i know how to like i can make this i can make the left mic or the right mic louder blah 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 and i can try to even it out and it's uh you know i love how i love <laughs> how little we know about doing podcasts <laughs> and it's just like every month we learn a new thing after we fucked up an episode we fucked it up and gotten enough complaints Thank you dante for teaching us about the limiter yeah dante was the one who did that yeah. huh Way to go, Dante. Save the day. It kind of depends on who's depressed and crying in the episode. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Whoever is, uh, yeah, dealing with the most shit. It's nice to do these fun episodes again. It's real. It's. I'm sure it's gonna be nice for them. Yeah. They're gonna have uh, a good a good chunk of. I tried happy to say time. this in the last episode, and we'll probably edit it out. But I just want to say thanks for hanging in there with us during the last. It's been pretty heavy. Our lives have been pretty heavy, and I feel like the last few, all of the July episodes were pretty heavy. We had one extremely woo, and then the rest very heavy episodes, and. I was driving earlier in the car and I was thinking how funny we used to be and how, um, you know, I had like stories and a, and a point of view and stuff. And right now I feel like jello. I feel like I'm in this chrysalis phase and I'm trying not to be insecure about it, but I'm trying to be authentic and I'm trying to figure out who I actually am in this evolution. And so I have the urge to put the shell back on to put the exterior back on because I feel more secure in that and I'm like not letting myself do that but I am self-conscious about it on the podcast so I just want to say thank you for being patient uh, with my duffel bag of feelings I think not that I was the funny one anyway but no I think I and it's not like we have any plans we're not making any promises to stop because yeah. uh next month we'll be we'll probably be sad again it's just who we are but I think like we always hear nice things from people, uh, you know, the people that like that emotional stuff are always like, oh, that was great. That was really, really good. But I think I'm still always scared. I'm like, I bet there's somebody out there who's not enjoying this, who's like, well, didn't this used to be funny? Somebody left the Patreon and said, I'm paying. And it made me laugh so hard. It was like, I'm paying $5 a month to hear Aaron and Jessa talk about things they should be paying $500 a month to a therapist for. And I'm like, you're welcome yeah. i don't know <laughs> doesn't that sound like you're, ge you're is this getting your first day on the podcast though? yeah <laughs> uh but it's yeah i think it's everybody can relate to that there are days or and uh, not days there are months there's months where you're sad yeah it's and a then big you pull out of it and you're back you know that's just that's part of the human experience and since we aren't uh psychopaths we embrace and love all those all those parts of the human uh, emotion, emotional range, I guess. Uh, but this has been really, really nice. This has been the most fun we've had recording podcasts in a long time in this roach-infested, 
paper thin wall uh airbnb in las vegas <laughs> we're having a blast it is a lot of fun it's and like everyone everyone can hear us yeah. <laughs> everyone and we can hear them this these morning, guys these guys like a slot machine outside the door <laughs> for real though i we i initially thought that it was a child playing a, a video game is it sound like there was a cat meowing you know of the video game not like a real cat it was like it was like bing 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 meow <laughs> and so I was like, there's going to be a little kid on a game console out there. And it's just it's just an old woman uh, like playing a slot game on her cell phone and crushing it. The look yeah, of satisfaction. So, like, like happy. She's like, I'm killing the, I'm killing this shit right here. Killing it. But like the, the the last two nights, the people next to us came home at like four in the morning and stay and just talked in our ears until six in the morning and it was rough but i last night i was like i was like i kind of want to record another podcast but it's almost midnight and i feel bad like everybody could hear us we're so we're like we should probably let people sleep and then they showed up at 4 a.m again and i was like he's they were at the fucking strip when we were recording podcasts there was someone above us someone was walking above us i don't know how much they can hear us what not? This what morning, if, I w- oh go ahead. What if it's slot late? What if slot lady just heard? Yeah, nobody gives a shit about us, so we should not. It's an Airbnb. They're probably used to all of the noise that we're making. Okay. I just don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Now that I've lost the Hilton benefits, it's so exciting because with the Hilton benefits, we were we were getting rooms so cheap that I felt like we had to like be so quiet and so respectful because i didn't want to lose the hilton benefits and i used to be like man i can't wait till i pay full price for stuff so that i can just scream as loud as i want in the room and now i feel like i get to do that i paid for this fucking place i mean you paid for it did we pay for it we split it we split it we split it um this morning speaking of money i went to starbucks to get us coffee and i got an oatmeal because you had pizza and I it was four <laughs> it was fourteen dollars right and I had like twenty bucks on my Starbucks app without having to like reload it and I pull up and the guy said I don't like it when people buy my stuff it makes me feel weird so he's like the lady in front of you paid for your stuff she did the Wait pay it forward thing which happens to me so much at Starbucks really how yeah. often it's a Starbucks thing like a lot people will um, just once a month people at least. will just buy for the person behind them but yeah. Okay. There's a paying it forward thing that was real trendy for a little bit, but it happens right. to me a lot. And so I was like, well, that's tight. And I said, let me buy the person behind me because I never know what to do with that. I can't just take it. And he goes, okay, it's 25 bucks. And I go, all right, bye. And I <laughs> 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 I'm not reloading the <gasps> app. Only once has somebody uh, done that to me. I was like in high school, I think. I remember I, it was Christmas time. I had been Christmas shopping after I got off work. And then I w- went to like a drive through like Burger King or something. And someone cut me, like came up into the drive through from a different angle and was like, they're all like hanging out the windows. Like, can we cut in front of you? Can we cut in front of you? And I was like, fucking assholes, man. Fine. Go ahead. And then they bought my food. And I was like, all right, that's that's cool that's cute they were like in a rush uh they're they're okay who killed jeffrey epstein (laughs) 
that's what we're here to discuss. We're here with the very current events. And Let, I, we need to keep people. I don't know. The, 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 he he died. He died. Like you 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 were talking about this just the other day that there was like two weeks. Like Tim Dillon said everyone was red pilled and we were all awake to it. And then they killed Jeffrey. And then everyone was like, all right, you know. And it's like all all the victims are still alive. All yeah. uh, all the the people that uh, he that Jeffrey gave like the girls to are still alive. Like why why are we all just acting like it's over now? We, this still needs to go. Fucking Prince Albert uh, raped some girl. Let's let's keep let's follow this through. But the fucking coward. Did you know that uh, days before he killed himself, he like put all of his money into something to make it harder for the victims to get any money out of his stuff? And it's fucking despicable fucking people. But I do think like like it was one of these things where everyone in the whole world was like. Okay, this is shady. Yeah. What are What are your thoughts on it? Um, all of the rich and the elite are all garbage, and they trick us into thinking that some of them are good by this bipartisan shit. The Clintons are garbage. They're garbage. Yeah, man. They're fucking garbage. They might be liberal garbage, but they're garbage. She's not. And I, I'm not talking from a political standpoint. I'm talking about someone who's not, who's been covering up her husband's disgusting perversions her entire life. And I don't even get that far into it, but it's just like, of course, they're raping and doing whatever the fuck they want. And I think in order to become a billionaire, you have to have a certain level of. I, you have to not give a shit about other people in order to be a billionaire. Right. You can't be a billionaire and care about other people. You because I think that it requires that kind of mentality to get there. I think it requires that kind of mentality to keep it. I think the fact that you have billion dollars and aren't just giving it to people and that you're keeping it for yourself, like even if you like you're not outwardly uh saying it, like there's something deep inside of you that's like you don't care. You don't care. There's to, I I I talked about it when I did the spoiler uh re, like spoilery thing about ready or not. So right. like but like there's a a billionaire's very existence is violent. In, yeah. in order for you to have so much uh you are keep you are profiting off of other people's labor. You're profiting off of other people's uh misfortune you're prof you're just you're just sitting on money so i feel like i uh believe then that it, like you have all these people like uh, that group of people that i can i can see them all raping kids man i can see them all doing evil things because they're already doing evil stuff all the time it's just like uh is there a progression in the porn that you liked when you first started watching porn and the porn that it takes to get you off now Mm, yeah yeah well this i feel like i could like it's not like i i don't know i haven't tried elaine bryant magazine in a while maybe i could still get off to it uh i you know i don't think like i'm, I'm incapable of getting off to uh just uh pictures and i don't know but i have never tried it this would be an interesting experiment but have i gone to uh through darker stuff 
Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. I used to just, yeah, man, now I, now I need I need a dirty story. Like, that's my favorite. I like... I like having like a story that I can put like a like a POV thing that I can get into, whether it's my mommy or my sister or my daughter or something like I want. I want some dirty or like even if it's like it's cheating, it's cucking or like I don't know. I'm, I'm going through all kinds of stuff. I've been, uh, you know, been watching pegging videos, <laughs> <laughs> girls with strap ons I never was into before. And now I'm into it. But I don't know if that means I'm not into other stuff, but uh, that might be not be a good example. But <clears throat> here you have people that can have anything where you got the masses are chasing this external happiness that doesn't exist. But they're on a hamster wheel and they're getting they're leveling up very in the material world. They're not leveling up very much. So it's like, oh, you might finish out your life if you are what we would consider super successful at a six figures or something, you know, a new house, new car, You're very distracted by smaller things. Here you have these people have, and I'm not even going to get into the fact that they're reptilians because I've already done that, but just from like a billionaire human being standpoint, they have fucking everything. They have anything that they want. Of course, they're that driven to get that much. It's insatiable. People who are that driven to for power and money, it's in fucking satiable. Of course they are raping underage women. Of course they are. Like it's the, like the fact that that is surprising to anyone is just like you don't like understand how anything works and of course he got murdered. Well, I don't think that's a bad I don't I think that there's a lot of good people out there who don't who couldn't pos- who couldn't fathom that? Like I don't right. think that. But the, when that the evidence was presented before it was it. completely obvious, it's like no, because these I don't know. It just you have a group of people at the top, and they are on one team. They all work together. Tim was telling me a bunch of. I wish my brain retained information better, but he was telling me a bunch of things where, um, he said the CIA. The point of the pedophilia is every time someone is going to get into power or before they are allowed to be a part of the government or in power, and pardon me if I am um, completely butchering this, but It's only fair since he butchers all of your stuff. (laughs) They take pictures of them fucking underage women so that they are now owned, and now they have to do everything that the powers that be say it. And I'm like, well, then why does anyone go to Epstein's thing if they know that's what's going to happen? And he said, no, it's just an agreed thing. It's like... Um, we're all on a boat together, and we all have dirt on each other. That's how we know that everyone in this group will stay loyal to each other, is they all have each other by the balls. Mm, mm, and then if you want to be a part of this mm, group, this is what you do, which is like all the satanic ritual stuff that people describe. It's like, yeah. Um, obviously, guys, we're getting into conspiracy theory stuff today. That's uh, like I want to – I don't know. I like, I like conspiracy theories. This I, is maybe proven by now. That this that they how could it be proven that they're that they that they make this agreement? What's that proven? I don't my I think that makes sense. I don't know. Uh, that I, I, I that resonates. Sure. My thing with conspiracy theories is I think that the simplest explanation is usually the explanation. Not to say, like, you know, like, 
9-11, for example. Uh, I I think nine, there's a lot that's uh, fishy about 9-11, but, like, the deeper that the, the, the theorists go, the more they lose me. And, like, yeah, you, you know, uh, then I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think they would take so, like, when you, like, your whole theory of how, like, like, it goes all the way to the top that Bush knew about all this stuff and that they planted explosives on the World Trade Center and detonated them. Like, that takes so many people that all have to be quiet about it. I, I find that a stretch. That's when you lose me, you know. But there's a lot of stuff just in, like, the 9-11 Commission report that's, uh, like, okay, well, that, that's enough for me. I You know, I think that this is something fishy here happened, but, like, I don't believe that that Dick Cheney personally ordered 9-11 to happen or something like that. Anyway, now I feel like I'm just rambling. I was trying to give you time to find the thing on your yeah, phone. Yeah, I know. Did I texted it? Tim, but then I was like, we should just have Tim on when you come to L.A. So oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Tim will just, yeah, Tim's the conspiracy guy. He yeah. can tell us everything. Yeah, because like he, he tells me all the stuff, and I'm like, yeah, here's the thing with me and conspiracy theories, and I think I was snippy in the group and upset somebody is in that, our group yeah i get i li- like i know some conspiracy theory stuff i've been someone who went down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole and it's a pendulum in and of itself it's something that it will cause you to become depressed and sad and hopeless and feel like well there's it just it traps you and it doesn't do anything it doesn't you don't you can't change it you know so I have like a, I'm not surprised by any of the stuff. I think the CIA is not what we think it is. The CIA controls a ton of what we perceive to be reality in this country. I do think 9-11 was an inside job, but probably not in the same way that other people think that 9-11 was an inside job. And I like don't care enough to know, like to look into the explosives and all this, who fucking cares? It did what it did. But um, we came really close to waking up enough to where the elite got exposed for who they are. And I think something interesting that the elite does is convince us that there's more than one team of them. Like, they are united. This is the problem with us, is that we are split off into so many fucking different groups against our actual enemy. Like, they are our actual enemy. But here we are fighting amongst ourselves. We're fighting against um, different religions and different classes and different, uh, you know, sides of the coin. And one thing I don't like about the left is that we talk about the right as if they are um they are teaming up with their enemy and don't even realize that their best interests are in heart but it's not terribly different on the other yeah, side yeah i mean the left we love our billionaires mm-hmm. the left loves our billionaires elon musk is someone i don't know like like if he like really put like it seems like he wants to build you know a better rail system for america and he wants electric cars and i'm like all right this seems like he's doing good work with his uh money or something but i just don't trust any uh billionaire man uh i think i I, i'm assuming he's a billionaire i think he is i don't know also just like i don't know 
I don't know, he seems kind. He seems mostly real, like like just an awkward dude. Most people that like have this great PR story, I'm like, I don't trust anyone. You just have PR people. Elon seems like just like a weirdo. Maybe he's okay, but I just I don't trust. I don't trust rich people, dude. But like Jeff Bezos is not on our fucking side. He's not on our side at all. I don't trust most conflicts. Uh, AOC seems cool, but I'm still skeptical. I'm so sc- I'm so because it's like don't all break they have my to heart, do, AOC. All they have to do is like feign conflicts, and we are just like, oh, this person's fighting for us, and they've got our best interest in heart. Really, I think the only way that we win is if we overthrow the government. Right. Period. I don't think that th- I don't think we can legislate our way to freedom. I don't think it's possible. I think that is a rigged system set up by people who are owned by corporate interests. And I think when they, I I don't, I think it's pretend. I like, uh, Hillary Hillary never felt authentic to me. I, Bernie seemed kind of authentic, but it's not. Bernie definitely seems authentic. But he he didn't, he got completely, utterly fucked over. So that's, that's the only reason I'm like, oh, that might be true. Right. But um, no, I, 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 I hate how much I like AOC because I I feel like oh shit, any politician will eventually turn. You ever seen F- Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? No, it's a classic. Did you know Congress tried to have that movie banned when it came out? Frank Capra did a screening uh, in D.C. for members of Congress. And they hated it. They hated it. But it's still... Uh, Is it a documentary? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. You've never heard of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? No. Why can't I think of the actor's name right now? Mary. Mary. What's his name? Is it old? Yeah, it's old. Oh. It's black and white. It's the same guy from It's a Wonderful Life. J- Jim, John, Jimmy. Oh, I don't J- like old J- What's stuff. his name? Why can't I think of it? Mary. The, oh, fuck. What's his fucking name? I think about the movies that we were raised anyway, on this, as propaganda. I, Sorry. Yeah, this movie is very, it's like no matter what year you watch it in, it's incredibly relevant. And it's just about like this aw shucks guy who gets elected to be a senator like from his little small state illinois iowa some little midwest town he's like a boy scout leader and he gets to go and he, he somehow gets elected somebody dies or something i don't know he now he's the senator and he gets to see what washington is like and uh and he tries to stand up against it and they crush him and uh He's like he's they just they just want him to go along with these bill like hey man yeah. like just go along with this and you just sign this this is how they like his senior senator is like this is how it is done like this is how it is played and he's like has ideals and he's like no absolutely not no I'm gonna I'm gonna take a firm stand and they just and they crush him and he like it does like you know there's a famous filibuster that's the the climax of the movie where he's like if if he just never stops talking he'll have he'll have the floor forever you know so yeah. he's just trying to. Uh, he's just like reading the Declaration of Independence, like reading the Constitution and stuff, and uh, there until he like, until he collapses on the Senate floor. And uh, they I tried to block that from coming out. Yeah, yeah, because man. so much of our shit was propaganda. I was talking to someone, I think it was Tim, the other day about how all the movies presented the press as somebody fighting for truth. You know, when we were young, and it's like the only the only journalists fighting for truth are journalists that aren't getting paid but 
I, and I think journalists, I mean, they love to picture themselves as that. That is the ideal. Yeah. I'm a sucker for any sort of uh, journalism thriller movie, you know, like yeah. All the President's Men, State of Play uh, is one of my favorites. But, but it's such an obviously rigged system where it's like... Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Okay. That's his name. Um, I've never seen any of those old movies. So they... They survive through ad space, and the ad space is purchased by the corporate interests. It's like, obviously, there is no truth in the media. Never, probably never has been. It's probably been being covered up. But Tim's great because he has all this fucking information in his head, but he doesn't do the thing that conspiracy theorists do. He just gets progressively funny. I think in that movie, the, the, the even shows how the press cover uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart's uh, filibuster. And there's like his Boy Scouts are going around with their own. They print their own uh, newspaper to like show the truth. And they're like taking it door to door to tell people like what's really happening in Washington. And there's like people that come by and like smash the Boy Scouts wagons up and like take all their newspapers and God stuff. Damn. Yeah. This is in like 1939. This uh, is exact. This is the story of how it will have to happen is it will. If you want a revolution, we have to do it against the system not through the system you're never going to get it you're going to get breadcrumbed if you want to fuck with the system we have to figure out how to overthrow the system but i i i like i like watching i like getting into some conspiracy theory because i do believe like it is difficult uh for mainstream media as now it is owned by corporations who are like run by the billionaires who have a vested interest in certain candidates. And, you know, like we talk about all the time, just like how Bernie, like a Bernie supporters will be like, uh, they, these news outlets don't report the polls that show Bernie winning because they haven't don't, they don't want Bernie to win because there's someone, there's one person at the top that wants to keep their billion dollars. And so, you know, Rupert Murdoch has his whole news network and he's dedicated to, uh, not giving you news, but to keeping himself rich. And so that everything that comes out of his network is just, designed to to keep things tipped in his favor so then you're like okay well independent news outlets like okay maybe like they 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 would be the ones to have the truth but then they're all they are all fucking crazy you know you have the info wars people and and like loose change is a fun documentary to watch but it's like i i watch it with huge grains of salt you know didn't we watch it together no no i thought we watched it at the same time separately oh i start yeah i didn't watch very much of it the the end of the loose change ends with this story uh that i'm now going to butcher about uh wall street bankers in the 30s and 40s who tried to uh, organize a coup to overthrow Franklin Delano Roosevelt, I think. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's a it's a true story. It really... It, they didn't succeed. They tried. And no one talks about that story. And it's still... It, I believe that that could happen all the time. I believe that it did. Ha- I believe that people have interest in us going to war. That people have an interest, like the, like forget nine, like a nine eleven. There were no 
weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. They're none. They were none. We know it. They were none. And we know the Bush administration set out on news network. I remember the Sunday that it happened. I remember watching TV everywhere where they were all saying the exact same keywords, which were all based off of a document that they said that they, but like it was like their administration ordered that document to be written. And they're like, yeah, you know, the yellow, the yellow, the yellow, whatever, fucking powder, dirt, whatever it is. They all just, because there, I think that there are people that profit off of us going to war. And so then, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Chain, the chain, Cheney's made a lot of money because of the Iraq war. And it's, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's gross. Do you have any, do you have any favorite conspiracy theories, things that you like to get into? No, I really got far away from it when they were, uh, bothering me i think the biggest conspiracy theory is that the everything in our reality is you know fabricated it's all manufactured to elicit an emotional reaction i don't even think money is the first the the first time we met uh that the very first big sky yeah when we didn't know each other and we were in a van we've told this story before uh it started i think with 9-11 9-11 or then it's or maybe start with jfk yeah but like aaron Kleiber and leah mansfield were talking about jfk and all this stuff and then we went to like theory to theory to theory and uh and then you said uh hold my red bull <laughs> and i was into all this stuff i was like cool 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 and then you were like reptiles and i yeah. said what and uh the you you had me look up the the Louis C.K. Donald Rumsfeld interview, yeah, where he's like asking him if he's a reptile. He like jokingly says there are people that believe that you're a reptilian, and is that true on Opie and Anthony? And that's what it is. And Donald Rumsfeld won't acknowledge it, but he like doesn't acknowledge it in a pretty creepy way. He. And then I was like, oh my god, are they not like are they like vampires? Like, do they have to? Yeah, dude, it's like, hey, man, if you're an arc, you have yeah, to tell me. Exactly. <laughs> if you're a lizard person, you legally have to tell me. That's the rules of the game. But I did think it was weird because at one point, George Bush did address it. He did address the fact that he was being accused. And now it's like a lot of people know about the reptilian agenda. But this was like early. This was 9-11 era. Mm-hmm. And it was just David Icke raging about it i'm assuming that's how you spell his last name he had written a couple books and i had already like i asked the aliens about it and and we've talked about this on the podcast before where they were like ah, eh, reptilians is kind of a dumb name for them but they are parasites they don't they're not gods and mm-hmm. so y'all are creating their reality and uh they're shapeshifters and i haven't told you this yet somebody came on soberish whose girlfriend was a shapeshifter but what yeah um that's a good get. That's a good guess yeah. to get. I, bo- I booked a, a ex of a yeah we of should, a reptilian. <laughs> yeah, we should uh, not a reptilian. She was a gin. Oh, a shapeshifter. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. So I didn't know there were more than one type of shapeshifter, but they are shapeshifters, and I don't know. Their bodies don't age. They, they're the the reason they're called reptilian is because they're cold blooded. But their bodies don't age. But that's just so obviously what it is to me. Like when I watch it, I'm like, there's not that. De- it's not about money. It's a tr- it's tr- tricking you into thinking it's about money. They have the money just because money's fake and, and it's something to keep you on the hamster wheel. It's a trick, but it's a pendulum. And they 
but they trick you into thinking it's about money. It's not about money. It's about power. They're narcissists. They're eating your fucking energy. And so it's all just. But was there a time where you were super into it? And then did you fall out of this stuff? Like you, you're like, it didn't make it. Yeah. When I first woke up, it was like, everything was so obvious to me. Cause in nine, when nine 11 happened, I immediately was like, this feels fake. This feels fake. His reaction, the energy exchange doesn't look right. This feels fake. And then when he's reading the book to the kids, you mean? Like yeah. When uh, um, not even that part because I didn't see that till the movie came out. But when he would talk, when he would give speeches, there was like a tell he had. He would huh. he would talk about things that were very dramatic, and then he would. And I think he's an idiot, but he would smile. He would. Not smirk, because that makes him seem nefarious, and he never felt nefarious. He felt, like, genuinely, like, on pills or something. But it felt fake. It felt manufactured. And this was a lot of, like, trying to get us to go to war. And it, the, the trying to get us to go to war was so fucking obvious to me. And now everybody talks like yeah, it's man, so a obvious. Bunch of, uh, a bunch of Saudis, uh, like, our, our ally... Uh, they, those were the yeah. the hijackers. Yeah, but and I then didn't. We, and then we immediately invaded Afghanistan. Uh huh. And then Iraq. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I was I remember I was a kid. I was in high school, and I remember being like, "This is bullshit." I didn't. I was not exposed. I was around tweakers, but it seemed like society at large was all on board because the word terrorist was was so pumped into the mainstream. It was constant, and that just seemed like hypnotism to me. It seemed very obviously designed to keep people triggered and they did the same thing with the crash and I like the crash actually got me and but then finally I tuned in and was like oh I'm being programmed right now to be afraid I didn't even know what the economy was before this and I unplugged from it when I unplugged from it it stopped destroying my life things didn't change that drastically after that I remember plane tickets going up and it just being this nightmare. They never went the fuck back down, but like, um, it's, we're being controlled. We are being controlled. We are being led by our emotions. We are being, I, I feel like I keep ending up on this soapbox, but this, this, when I first woke up, I was like, the sky is falling. You guys, we have to unplug. You have to wake up. Don't listen to this. The terrorists are not the enemy. Like, I don't know why, but they're fucking lying. They're lying. They're lying. And I just would go crazy. And I would like look into all this stuff and all these different conspiracy theories, mind control stuff, MK ultra, um, uh, remote viewing, all these things that we were being told weren't true, but the government was weaponizing them. Like the government was using magic and like, but, but presenting it as if it's crazy. And now there's proof they have fucking remote viewers. And we know all of this stuff, tons of stuff that seemed crazy. Conspiracy theory is now common knowledge. What about the, the UFO reports they released last yeah. year? They just, they they, they they made public all these reports of pilots, uh, and air force. Like I think it was, I don't remember. I, but like, and it was just kind of, I don't know. I knew a few people that were interested in it, but most people are just like, huh? Yeah, obviously. Huh? Um, I, I just recently rewatched, uh, Independence Day. It's holds up. It's so good. It's really good movie. And uh, there's a part on the plane where uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad is like, you knew, you knew, uh, uh, 1947, you knew, you knew. 
Area 51, Roswell, Roswell, you knew. And the president's like, come on, come on. Come this guy on. is crazy. And then there's other All guys like, call him crazy. actually, sir, that's uh, not entirely accurate. And it is like, and then that came true, you know? It's like the government does, has a file on all the uh, unidentified flying object encounters. And uh, it's, it's weird to me. I think the CIA has something to do with all the school shootings. What? I think the CIA is just an organization designed to control the masses. And I think they... What do you think they have to I do with it? I think it's so easy to program somebody to shoot up a, a public thing. I think it's so easy. Maybe, but I think, it as e I think it's easier. I don't know. I think, again, like I'm going to err on the side of uh, simplicity, you know, and I just think like it's... I, I believe that people can snap and just like do it on their own accord like i think the you know you can just get angry the by timing listening of to them is always so strange though so convenient they're happening all the time though like it's all, no matter when it happens it's gonna be convenient there's gonna be something going on in the news that it covers up right yeah. like like just they're happening every we just had one in odessa texas last night uh seven people dead 20 people injured uh, as of right now there'll be another one next week and uh i don't know I don't know. Do you want to hear the Mormon conspiracy theories? Yeah. Uh, this um, Mountain Meadows Massacre. Somebody was asking us to talk about this on the podcast, so I will happily oblige. Um, you've heard me talk about it before, but just pretend like you haven't, okay? Okay. Uh, a lot of people haven't heard of it. Oh, my God. I want. I, when I was a child, a chi I'm thinking I had a... Fifth, sixth grade max because it was in elementary school but it was probably younger and we were at write a book night uh at my school big night write a book guys write a book every single year we had to write a book and like you had to bind it in this you would like you'd bind the book yourself and you had to like illustrate the pictures you had to like make a book and uh i have i have all of mine i have all of them uh in third grade i wrote a, a mystery novel uh, about the the case of the missing baseball equipment or something like that, and it was like uh, two two brothers got uh, a Cal Ripken Jr. signed ball and a Tony Gwynn signed bat, and then they got stolen and they had to s solve it. And uh, in fourth grade, I wrote some Star Wars fan fiction, <laughs> illustrated the X-wing fighters by myself. Fifth grade, I got it. I moved into my historical fiction phase. I wrote some historical fiction about the Civil War, about the Mass the fifty fourth Massachusetts, which is uh, Denzel Washington in glory. You know the the all black regiment in the in the Union Army. I like made my mom take me to uh, Civil War battle sites all that summer. I got really into it. Hmm. Sixth grade, I wrote about uh, Japanese internment camps during World War II. Uh, about a, uh, a Japanese-American girl in San Francisco that got put into a camp. Uh, and I interviewed a woman in my ward who had... Uh, it was about her, essentially. Wow. She uh, she had lived through that. And uh, it's so crazy that this is happening again. Like, you know, like, pe like American citizens are, like, getting picked up by... I like, people with papers are being picked up by ICE and being deported. I just saw a story that, like, a, uh, they, a Michigan man, an American man, that ICE had deported to Iraq... Uh, was then killed in Iraq, and they're flying. They're allowing his body to come back to America to be buried with his uh, family. It's just so oh god, can fucked I, up. Can I go back to conspiracy theories real quick? Sure, man. Um, I had to 
dig a little bit, but then you triggered this. This was the conspiracy theory that I was bent on. And now I'm like, oh, God, am I watching this happen? That they had FEMA camps. They were setting up FEMA camps all over the country because they were going to take our rights. And then the people who fought were going to get locked up in camps. And they had uh, some of the stuff that I read was that they had turned storage units into places where they would turn into prisons. And there was a storage unit by my house in Portland that had a tower, the guard tower on the top of it. And I was constantly breaking into this um, property to like stare in the windows and investigate and shit. I was very into this finding all the FEMA camps and I was positive I was going to put in, get put in one of them because I was hip and I was going to lead the revolution. (laughs) And uh, it didn't happen. This was back when they were like getting ready to chip everybody and stuff. And part of me thinks because the awakening was starting, but then they put everyone back to sleep so effectively with 9-11 and the wars and stuff that they didn't have to launch a full-on offensive. And now I'm like, oh, are they getting ready to do this again? Are they gearing it up for it? But all the people that were hip to it before are now completely complacent because it didn't happen last time. I do think about that because the internment camp stuff feels like they are conditioning us to get used to the idea of internment camps and they are I did see that they're starting to pick up American citizens and I just hope to fuck that enough people wake up that we are able to uh yeet them off of this timeline (laughs) (laughs) just kidding take that out yeah Um, wow (laughs) really trying to reach our younger (laughs) listeners (laughs) I really hope that enough people wake up that we can stop it before it happens that we can jump before it happens because it does feel like they are moving in that direction but in 2006 children of men came out and a lot of people at the time i mean it's it's an amazing it's an amazing movie a lot of people at the time criticized it for being kind of outlandish and being a little you know pessimistic and uh, and how crazy far out it was Watch it right now. I, right. I, I encourage everyone to watch it. I mean, simply for the tracking shots alone. But it's it's an amazing movie. But it is so prescient, so relevant to right now. It feels so close. Throughout that whole movie, Clive Owen walks past people in cages that are just like uh, all immigrants, all people. Just like there's 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 police everywhere trying to snatch people up who uh, don't belong in England, you know, but like, like the whole world has gone to shit and England's one of these last places that like is still kind of okay. So they're just being flooded with immigrants and they're just locking everyone up, everyone up. And there's, yeah, there's well, also listen. like rebellious factions that are getting locked up and there's just people in cages everywhere throughout the movie. And it feels like we are close to that, man. They're coming for fucking everybody. If you think that, oh, I don't have to worry about it because I'm from America or, oh, I don't have to worry about it because I don't want to get an abortion. Like they're coming for everybody because they don't give a fuck about the abortion. They don't give a fuck about American or Mexican. They're coming for freedom. Like that's it. They're coming for fucking everybody. So if you think that you're in a safe group, you're just being conditioned while they take out the smaller groups. It's cheesy, but that poem, you know the uh holocaust poem about first they came for the whatever and i said nothing because i wasn't whatever and then they came for them blah 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 yeah. and then they came for me and there was no one left i think about that a lot 
peer, right, before I go back to Mountain Meadows, peering into windows, though, a good other, it's not a Mormon conspiracy theory, but a Salt Lake conspiracy theory, a good one. There's this w- near Liberty Park, which is one of my favorite places in Salt Lake City. Beautiful, wonderful, cool park. Me and Ethan go there all the time. Right near there, there's a green building. A bright green building with yellow trim and purple doors. And Is that childcare thing in fucking Salt Lake? Yeah, it's right next to Liberty Park, man. I've read about that. I drive past theory. it all the time. It's called Ki- Kids Fun Time Care. It's like Kids with a Z or something. Yeah. Care with a K. Uh, the fun time, like a really long name that doesn't make any sense. And it's been there for a long time. And the windows are all covered with newspaper, like taped up on the inside. There's newspaper covering every single window. No one's ever seen anyone go in or out of this building. Like, there's never any kids. There's no kids. But, like, the building, it's not it's not great, but it's not in disarray. Right. For as long as, for as many years as no one's seen any kids there. There's, like, toys in the backyard. And the backyard's, like, what looks creepy. Like, you can see through this. It's, like, just unused toys like seesaws and horsies and a a, one of those sand turtle things or whatever and there's no kids there ever ever but then reddit got a hold like somebody put this thing on reddit and then reddit detectives started looking into it and seeing how like well they're renewing their their stuff all the time like they're current on everything and it's like they have this phone number and uh but like why are there no kids there why does no one know anything about this place? Why are the windows covered up in newspaper? And pretty quickly, there were people commenting on the Reddit that was like, hey, I know the owners of this place, and they're being harassed with phone calls from from you guys. And then people on Reddit were like, you work for the CIA. <laughs> Like here now, this is a f- you just created this account right just now. Uh, the the I think the most prevailing theory is that it's a CIA black site. Uh, that that's everybody's favorite theory. I like that one, but uh, somebody just like uh po- like made a an Area Fifty One meme out of that. Like yeah. let's storm this place. They can't stop all of us, you know. And immediately there were comments of like these owners have been through enough of this. Uh, please stop harassing them. And I'm like. What do they own? What is what? Why do they own? Like what? Is, what is that? Yeah, I didn't know that was in Salt Lake. I was all about that I told, fucking thing when it came out. Yeah, dude, it's uh, I could drive you past it the next time that you're in Salt Lake. It's not far from my house. I drive past it all the time and think, what the fuck is that? It's so strange. Anyway, sorry about my write a book detour, but I'm glad that it brought us to that. I'm at write-a-book night, which is the night that everybody's book is on display and it's being judged. They have judges come in and, like, give prizes for each grade level. Uh, I don't think I ever won. I think the most I got was an honorable mention, and I think it's bullshit because I had really good stuff, you know. But it's not appreciated my time. But at write-a-book night, this man comes up to me. He is the father of my brother's friend. So, And he's like a kid that I ended up babysitting a couple of times as I got older. You know, so I like I, I kind of knew this guy. He's a he's a gray ponytail guy. You know, if you can picture yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's got a gr- long gray ponytail. He wears glasses. And he says to me in this conspiratorial tone, like, you're Mormon, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm a child. OK, I'm like 11 max. And he goes, uh, you ever heard of the Mountain Meadows Massacre? And I was what like, fuck? no. And he was like, you really should look it up. It's a lot. Very interesting stuff and i was like 
okay. And then I, I think I, pro- I don't know if I mentioned it to my parents or not, but I never still like I didn't ever go look it up until I was much, much older. And then when I did, I would be like, what a weird thing for for a man who looks like that man. Look. <laughs> be aware of what you look like. Like be aware. It's what a weird thing to say to a kid like I, you know, he just watched some History Channel documentary on it and then now and now wants to wake me up to the cult that I live in. And I'm like, yeah. I'm 11. Dude. <laughs> Talk to my dad, you coward. Like, why don't you go? My dad's right there. You can go to him and say, have you ever heard of it? But you didn't. You talked to the to the kid with pogs in his pocket. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Uh, but Your dad was scaring the coveralls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're not going to say shit to my dad. Uh, so the Mountain Meadows Massacre I, is probably the worst thing the Mormons have ever done. And uh, I know Mormons who love to be like, oh, well, everybody has done something bad, and that's not that. We didn't kill that many people. But it's like, God, we killed a bunch of people, though. I don't know. That one video where the guys were all talking about modest women in a music video was pretty bad. Um, (laughs) It was like a One Direction parody, right? (laughs) They're all... And they had, uh, what's his name, David Boyer in, in that video. Oh, my God. That's precious. It's so. <laughs> so maybe tied so, for first. Oh, Jess, I'm so glad you brought that up. Anyway, uh, Mormons in southern Utah near Cedar City, which I drove through to get here uh, this weekend, uh, killed a bunch of uh, emigrants, like people going west, moving west. Uh, and they dressed. They 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 enlisted uh, Paiutes, uh, Native uh, Native Americans, and then they also dressed up all the white Mormons, like dressed them up like Native Americans to try to pass so that they wouldn't get the blame of it. Oh my and then God. and then they killed uh, what's it seventy? Uh, they killed I don't know. They killed a bunch of men, women, and children. They killed. They killed anyone over seven. But then, like kids, un- like seven and under, they 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 let them live, and uh, then like gave them to Mormon families in St. George to raise or something. Okay, the video's definitely second. Yeah, definitely for <laughs> sure, right? Uh, and it's like Brig- Brigham Young is behind it. They'll they never. God, he sucks. He does suck. Uh, they only ever convicted one person. Only one uh, one guy was ever tried and convicted. One guy turned state's witness. He he left the church and then turned state's evidence uh, against them. And I think some other people like like we were definitely involved, but we're like never they never had evidence or anything or like that. But there's never any direct evidence that they like they could never pin anything on Brigham Young. But I feel very confident pinning it on Brigham Young. Like I'll tell you the I'll tell you the story. And like if he's not di- like you can't prove that he's directly involved, right? But at the very very least, he is like in, he incited it. It's like it's like the way people are talking about how Donald Trump uh, triggered the the Walmart shooting in El Paso, right? right? The the like because the guy quotes Donald Trump in his manifesto. He has like guns that spell out Trump, and Trump's been like pumping fear about like Trump said all this shit about Mexicans and not sending their bet. Like Trump said all in, so like you know right. he inside of that. Br- what Brigham Young did is uh, much more damning than that. Like I'm all I already blame El Paso on Donald. I think Donald Trump yeah shares some of the blame. Absolutely, what Brigham Young did 
is like next level stuff. More overt. Yeah, way more overt because he has more control over the Mormons than Donald Trump has over uh, the the El Paso shooter. He was their prophet. He was their God's mouthpiece. And he told them straight up that they had to... This ties in with blood atonement. You've heard Danny mention before. Yeah. This is a time in Utah history where... um, Mormons are like really fucking they're war ready right now. So their their leader has just been murdered and then they had to make their way across the country. This is like 13 years after Joseph was murdered. Okay. But he was this is I mean it's a big deal for them, right? Joseph got uh murdered or martyred if you will in uh, Illinois. It feels to me like Brigham killed him. Is that is that a conspiracy theory already cuz that's the way it feels to me. Oh, I don't uh I don't think so, but I I bet there's someone out there with that theory. I don't know. Uh I think Joseph got himself jo- Joseph had plenty of enemies, you right. know. Brigham uh I don't think needed to yeah. Like I said, I believe in the simplest thing, right? Yeah. Uh so I don't like It was an inside job. Yeah. There were other there were other people that were ready to kill Joseph, you know. It wasn't and Brigham didn't have to do nothing. So anyway, they he gets killed, they leave uh Illinois and they go to Utah and they settle there. And that's like this that like he got killed in forty four, eighteen forty four. This is taking place in eighteen fifty seven. So uh, we're we're well established on this Utah territory. It's still a territory. It's not a state. And in fact, at this time, when I say war ready, like there's an, an imminent war with the United States. Like the United States is sending an army out to Utah and Brigham Young is getting people ready to fight this war. Oh, shit. Like an, ac- an actual war. It doesn't really happen. There's a thing called the Utah War, but it doesn't. it's not that big of a deal. But... Uh, in addition to that, like the, the doctrine that Brigham is teaching is very Old Testament cult like crazy stuff. And they're talking about um, blood oaths and they're talking about like how certain sins can only be avenged through bloodshed. Like you you like the only which is the church immediately disavowed after Brigham was gone. And they're like, you know, what? the atonement actually covers every sin and you don't have to. Just Jesus had to die for sins to, you know, there's nothing. But wow. like, but they were saying, like, there's certain things that you have to, you got to, you got to kill people for. And you got to be ready. But it's specifically avenging the death of the prophet. Avenging the blood of Joseph is a big fucking deal. Uh, that, and like people, people that were involved had patriarchal blessings or maybe just regular blessings. But they had blessings that said, you will avenge the blood of joseph you will one guy specifically was told you would lead lamanites meaning which you remember that's uh brown yeah that's those those are native americans you will lead lamanites in an effort to avenge the blood of the prophets and these are presented as prophecies to these people right your patriarchal blessing is like your future this right. this, this will Jesus happen Christ. as long as you're righteous as long as you obey the prophet's words and everything like you all these things will come to pass now another guy gets killed th- more recently this so joseph and hiram get killed in 44 but in 57 or 56 or something a, uh, a member of the quorum of the 12 apostles so a high-ranking guy gets killed in arkansas right he's murdered in arkansas 
And this wagon company that's coming through Utah is from Arkansas. And then there are rumors that never get proven that uh, there's also Missourians, Missouri Wildcat people in the uh, in the wagon train. There's like 11 of them or something. Now, Missouri is another place Mormons got kicked out of. We got kicked out of a lot of places. And we're just like, I'll f- imagine like uh, getting kicked out of Applebee's and then holding this blood <laughs> grudge. You're like, I'm going to anybody. My any- wife got diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fucking kill anybody from an Applebee's. So they're just like, they're, they were Mormons in Utah were spreading these rumors. And who knows who started them, but they w- factually false. They're not true. But the Mormons in Utah were hearing these rumors that people, that these Missourians, uh, these wildcats in this party, had the gun that killed Joseph, that shot the guts out of Joe. That they were bragging about it. They're in our, they're in our territory, and they're bragging about having the gun that killed our prophet. They're from Arkansas, where they just murdered an apostle. But, like, that apostle got murdered by the husband of a woman who he stole. Like, he, he, took, he, Jesus. Took, he took another plural wife that was already married to another dude, and that dude shot him. And then I think some other people stabbed him, you know? Love hurts. Love. That's, that's, the, that's the risk you took. You play, that's a, polygamy's a dicey game to play, bro. And then, and then you went to Arkansas? What the fuck did you go to Arkansas for? Stay the fuck in Salt Lake, dude. So uh, all these, there's all these rumors going around, which I which is just lending. It's just making people feel justified in what they're, the evil that they want to do. You know, I like really think that more like Mormons are also jealous of their wealth. Like the people that these this train that's coming through, they like had nice stuff or whatever. And they're and they're going to California. And our prophet told us to sit uh, still in Utah. (laughs) That's our fucking problem. You know, right. We oh, we were we were uh, told to go settle St. Fucking George. And these guys get to go to San Francisco. So, I mean, of course, you're mad about that. Right. They we stuck we stuck next to a body of water that is undrinkable <laughs> and uh you know we're mad about it so but this wag this wagon train comes into salt lake city there's a lot of tension we're very scared of outsiders at this point any outsiders because like the american government is coming at this point like brigham young is enlisting uh native americans to help him fight his war against the american government when the army shows up wow. this very so he is in he is teaching all this stuff and he's telling people he's getting up at pulpits and he's sending other people out to other cities to preach the same message about that's, that's terrorist, very, that's, terrorist, yeah, terrorist, yeah. terrorist, terrorist. And it's very cult-like. It's very much like Waco mm-hmm. or something, you know? And it's like, be scared of the government and like, listen to me. And we, we are God's chosen people. People believed the second coming was about to happen. They believed it was going to happen in like 1891 because of some obscure, like vague thing that Joseph said one time. And Brigham's teaching that it's all like, you know, this is going to happen. And that justifies a lot of violence in people's minds. And they feel like, well, you know, like second comings are right around the corner. The evil... The the wicked people need to be wiped from the earth. We're God's chosen people. So it's it like it's it's a very uh, interesting, I think, you know, relevant story and what you can get people to do when you when you uh, hype them up like that and you warp their mind and tell them all these things and you feed and it's just they're using religion to get uh, you know 
to do violence, which is not, uh, it's, 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 it's exactly what's still happening, you know? Right. And you're talking about uh, outsiders. Granted, these are white outsiders, but still, I think that there you can draw parallels to the fear that gets drummed up uh, by our current president about uh, Mexican immigrants. You know, yeah, they're just that's an outsider. They're they're here to take stuff from you. You know, they didn't let the wagon train uh, rest up in Salt Lake City. There was a lot of tension there when they got to Salt Lake City and they're like, you should get the fuck out. There was another rumor that they poisoned, that this wagon train poisoned a spring that killed some cows and a kid. Also not true. But the rumor was going around that they did it. And how many rumors are spread about uh, minorities all the time? Like, oh, yeah, you know, know, they're rapists and stuff like that. You know, it's all it's all fucking uh, bullshit. But they go to they go south. And they get to a place near Cedar City that's like a place on the on the old Spanish trail where uh, wagon trains will rest up. It's a good place for your your livestock, your cattle that are dragging the wagons to eat grass and chill for a few days. And they came and they were just they were just going to chill and rest up and move on. Uh, There's no telegraph system yet. and so there's just riders that are riding. It's like a six day journey to go from from southern Utah up to Salt Lake City and relay messages. Right. And uh, Brigham Young sends an apostle hate George B. George hate, I think, is his name, sends an apostle down to this uh, settlement in, in Cedar City. This man has private meetings and gives blessings to. All of the part, all of the major participants, the people that I said, like this guy turned state's evidence, this guy got convicted and this guy, this guy, all those guys met personally with this uh, emissary from Brigham Young. And uh, then he wrote and he gave them some advice and then he rode back to Salt Lake City. And then those guys organized an attack with uh, some Paiute Indians on this wagon train. And they were like, we, they dressed themselves up as Indians and they uh, attacked. Now, the, the immigrants fight back. The immigrants like pull their wagons together and form a circle and then like end up like dig some shallow trenches and they pull everybody in and they're, sh- they're firing back. So this it turned what they thought was going to be a simple attack then turned into a five day siege. Oh, my God. Five days. They're surrounding this camp and firing at them and stuff like that. By the end of the five days, the Mormons are pretty sure they know that they're white. <laughs> like they're like, yeah. I don't think that these disguises were meant to hold up for five days, right? Right. They're like, I think they're pretty sure we're not uh, Paiutes by now, and so this they get scared that they will be found out. So what are they to do? but leave no witnesses. So they come up, a small group comes up to the, uh, the group uh, on day five with a white flag. And they come up to them and they say, hey, just surrender and we promise nothing bad will happen to you. We, just, we want this to be over. Just uh, surrender and we're going to let you guys go on your way. And they said, okay. And so then they walked everyone out from the the caravan circle men women and children 
and they walked him out a certain distance away from their encampment, and when they were far enough away, someone gave the order to open fire, and then all these other guys who had been hiding in the hills or something, like in the, in the grass, they all show up, and they just shoot them. They just shoot them. They kill everybody. They kill everybody, and then they just throw their bodies in a pile and leave them. And... Uh, you know, word gets out about this, like rumors spread, and then the army's on its way. An army guy is sent down to investigate these this thing. He finds all the bodies. He says he finds um, s- mother's skeletons still holding their baby's skeletons. Oh. He find the you know, and like uh, wild animals had gotten at them and like and stuff. And so he built he built he put like all the all these rocks over their bodies and. Uh, and like, like it's called a cairn, is that what it's called? And like puts a cross on it. And then the Civil War breaks out. And so the investigation is suspended for a while. And it's not until after the Civil War that the Army sends someone back out there to op- reopen the investigation. At that point, Mormons had torn down the, the monument and like scattered the stuff everywhere again. And... Uh, like people wrote stuff about like they were, this was in books. This was like people wrote books about like their contemporaries in in you know the uh, the late eighteen hundreds, early night. Like in nineteen ten, I think was like a famous book was written about it. But uh, like the one guy John D Lee, I think is the only one who uh, got hung for it. But uh, and it and it took a long a long time. And then still like the Mormon ch- the Mormon Church didn't ever acknowledge it until I think Gordon B Hinckley. Uh, that's in the 90s, 1990s. So, you know, a uh, hundred and uh, 40 years later, they uh, erect a monument. And it's still, but like, and I think that's like nice, but it's still like, it says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints yeah. on it, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, but still like they at least took credit for it, you know, and I think in 2007, they said something else about it. They're, they, they like, you know, f- officially apologized or something like that. And it's uh, it's it's just dark and it's dumb and it's like a lot, most Mormons don't know anything about really? it. Really? Yeah. How? They don't um, talk about it. So what was the original game plan? Was just to steal their shit? I don't know, man. I don't know, but they. I I think the original game plan. Uh, who knows? I, I maybe maybe it's something I could find out with more. Re- I just know like a cursory amount of knowledge on it. Uh, maybe it's something that people do know, but I think we might not never know what people thought they were going to do. Like how many people like were really like knew that they were like, did they get people involved just saying we're going to scare them? Maybe, maybe they were all down to kill them. But I mean, like when you, I look at all these guys who had these blessings that said that at this time, in the te- like the temple ceremony, you do these weird things, you know. And there used to be like in my parents' day, there used to be this like throat slitting gesture that was like if you ever t- sp- like tell these secrets, you're gonna die or something, right? Back then, it was even dark. like that. That went away by the time I went to the temple. You didn't do that anymore, uh, which is so weird that this everlasting important covenant, like in sim- like eternal symbols, change all the time. Uh, <laughs> But back in that day, it was even darker. You like of all the oaths that we make, you make several oaths in the temple and you like covenant to say, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do this, blah, blah, whatever. Back then, every temple member made a covenant to avenge the death of Joseph. A a covenant in the temple. Like that's 
culty as fuck yeah in this building in these weird robes and you're doing throat slitting gestures and you're like we will spill the blood of those that spilled the blood of the prophets so i think that people were were down to kill him i think that you had you had spread enough rumors that these they were somehow connected and i think people were had been spending years waiting for a chance to ev- to fulfill the prophecies and to uh, f- make good on their covenants. What a fucking crazy time to be alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Brigham Young said that he never, he never told anyone to do this, that he sent uh, someone down like somebody sh- like, because it's a five day siege. Someone rides up the first day that they attack and then Brigham Young sends a message back down. That's like, Hey, don't mess with them. Let them go. And that's like official paper that's on paper. But if, 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 who gives, you know, yeah. a jerk off motion that you guys can't see. Like I don't, uh, but he says if we had had a telegram system, uh, it wouldn't have happened. You know, I could, we could have gotten the word down there sooner. He, that's what he blamed it on. It was just like, you know, Poor, uh, we just don't, you know, we're, you know, if only we had had the internet at the time, yeah. I would have stopped it with a text message or, or a tweet or something. But, you know, I think that he had spent years telling everyone to kill these people when you get the chance. Yeah. And then everybody spread these rumors and uh, people saw their chance to avenge Joe. And so they, they, and avenge Pratt, like this other guy who had just gotten killed, you know, there, uh, there was some other rumor that like, one of the people who stabbed the guy in Arkansas was in this wagon train, you know, and there, I just, I was so confused growing up why people didn't like Mormons. We're so nice. Why don't people like us? And then I moved to Utah and I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Like We're <laughs> annoying, whatever. And then I learned about our history and I was like, Oh Yeah. There were like, there were books in early like in the ni- early 1900s about the murderous Mormons and the Mountain Meadows massacre and with alliteration like that that's a catchy you're yeah, gonna man people are gonna hate you dude it's actually there's a weird connection to an, the other Mormon conspiracy theory I've told you about this Mark Hoffman guy who's like a forger he forged all these documents yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in like was it the early 90s or late like the late 80s something like that. He for, it was forging all this shit uh, that was detriment, like it was like bad for the church. Right, it would make the church look bad, and then so then the church would buy it from him, and they would like give him thirty thousand dollars so that no one would ever read this white salamander letter that Joseph wrote. You know, but w- there's a uh, thing at like the Utah. That's so tight. Yeah, there's a there's a document uh, about the Mountain Meadows massacre that's on that like the Utah Historical Society has where um, like a guy like one of these messages that was sent one of these like uh, letters that was sent by a writer uh, appears to like not like that the signature seems to have been traced or something like the and so that but that document is also connected to the famous forger Mark Hoffman. Oh, shit. So it's like maybe he maybe he faked it or something, but he he like is forging all this shit to uh make the church look bad. So the doc the, the letter that's made to look like it's part of this Mountain Meadows conspiracy theory could just be an invention of his, you know. Right. So uh you know, no way to know cuz he's dead, but yeah, you know, I just, I just, uh, when somebody's it's pretty great, yeah. it is, it is, it's, uh, they, they made a movie about it, but it wasn't, no one saw it like John Voight, 
plays Brigham Young in it. Oh, what? It's, yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, I don't think it's good. Otherwise, I would have seen it. I think, but uh, someone had mentioned, like, yeah, you need to talk about Mountain Meadows, and I was like, yeah, I do. There's a lot of. It's it's crazy, dude. There's uh, a lot of parallels there. Yeah, uh, especially fucking Trump, man. Yep. <sighs> That's why I think that you can easily program a shooter. Well, this is this is why I am so preoccupied with with truth. Like I I believe. This is why I get weird about the five D stuff all the time, because I do believe that you can. Uh, that your reality is whatever you believe. You can construct your reality, right? Right. Like, I believe that Trump supporters live in this different reality where in their reality, Trump is this genius who intimidates other world leaders that, like, everybody... And, like, you know, and that's... That's so weird that they see that. That's so weird that they view him like that. But that's true for them. Right. And then they believe that these Mexicans are out to get them and they believe that they need to die. And so like, I'm always trying to check my beliefs because I'm nervous. I'm, 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 I feel nervous about creating an untrue reality. Yeah. Which is why I'm like constantly, uh, making excuses for, uh, narcissists and stuff. Cause I'm worried like, I don't want to project my insecurities onto them. Maybe they're right. Maybe I am the one that's wrong. Maybe I am. And I think that that's a good quality, but mm-hmm. I just, I'm too scared to believe in anything. I Mormonism was true for my whole life and then until it wasn't, but I built my whole life around this lie that, that for me was true. And I, uh, I'm terrified of believing in anything because what if I'm wrong? Well, I feel like the thing is, is that you were indoctrinated into Mormonism. And so that's a manufactured belief system. That's a, that's a reality that was presented to you from birth as fact. So it's a, like when you talk about it, like I was an idiot and I believed in it. It's like it wasn't you weren't given like information and you got to trust your gut and follow the thing that resonated. This was you were taught. This is fact. This is real. That's different. It is different than a belief system. It's indoctrination. Like we're indoctrinated into what our gender is. We're indoctrinated into what is right or wrong. We are indoctrinated. The reason that Trump supporters live in that reality is they are indoctrinated into that reality. A lot of the five D stuff. The reason that you have to heal your trauma, you have to heal your programming, you have to heal your prejudices, is because otherwise you are not. You're not choosing your own reality those people aren't choosing that reality they are accepting the reality that was built for them by their programming and so that's why it looks that way to them because they're fucking racist they're bigots they're afraid they're afraid of their own sexuality they got programmed out of their own truth and so they live in this projected reality and it's real easy for people to like donald trump to to puppet them you have people on the other side that are puppeted for different reasons, but I, you didn't pick Mormonism. It was you were indoctrinated into it, and then as you woke up and started to perceive reality through your own discernment and your own gut instinct, is when you woke up that it wasn't true. You did live in a world, but that's we're creating 
a reality for ourselves at all times. It's all a projection. Everything's a projection. Your perception is a projection. I know. And I feel like I would be happier if I just picked one and was like, I'm just going to choose to believe in this, but uh, it's too much canvas and it stares at me. Too much canvas. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, uh, uh, yeah. I'm having some things right now where I feel like the 5D stuff for me was... It's the experience that I have every day. It's the thing that makes sense to me. The government doesn't make sense through any other lens other than their parasites. Like, it just, it seems so obvious to me. And I'm not really afraid of being wrong, I guess, because it doesn't fucking matter. The people that believe themselves to be right turn out later to be wrong. So I'm like, the only thing I can trust is my own gut instinct. And sometimes it sucks to live a decade where you're the only person that sees the world that you see it. It's lonely, I guess. I I feel like there are a lot more people, but I just kind of got to the point where I like I'm seeking validation from a reality that doesn't resonate with me. That seems schizophrenic to me. If I'm like, okay, I'll buy into what everyone else says is real, even though it doesn't make sense to me at all and feels completely against my gut instinct. I feel like I'm being gaslit. And so there just kind of had to come a point where I'm like, I'm just going to, that's why I don't want anyone to believe in 5d because I said it. If it resonates, then cool. If it doesn't resonate, fucking don't, you know, I don't think you need to call me names and call me crazy and shit. I like, cause I can just look at your reality and be like, yeah, that makes sense. Everybody should go with what, but I don't think, I don't think more people believing in something makes it real. I think you like experience what you to be true. And I try to heal as much trauma and work through as much stuff to get to a point where it's not where my reality isn't just a projection of my own prejudices and programming, but I keep leveling that up. I'm like processing this relationship that I keep, uh, not this relationship, but the, uh, a previous relationship where I found out that like, it wasn't great. Like I thought it was great and it wasn't great. And then I want to like swim in this self doubt. But the t- at the time with the information that I had available to me, I was happy and it was fine. And I can just accept that. I can accept that and then work on living a more authentic life with people who treat me better and not hate myself for believing something that was not true. It's it, at the time it was true and it made me happy. Who cares? I don't hate myself, but I, uh, for, well, maybe I do. I have the desire I to do. hate myself. Uh, over I right do now. too. I do too. Just nervous about repeating the same mistake. Yeah. And, um, I, th- I've said this before, but it's so much of enlightenment or awakening or whatever, or growth in general just seems to like invoke more problems for me. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Oh, I found out about narcissists. Now I'm worried. Everyone's a narcissist. I'm just paranoid all the time. And you're like, Oh, I woke up out of this, uh, uh, belief system, this indoctrination. And now I'm just worried that I'm indoctrinating myself at all times. I, uh, found out like, Oh, reality is a, is a construct. And now I'm constantly worried about what reality I'm constructing and like, what, what am I creating? And, and, and I think that I just create some, I look at, I want to be more like you where you're just like, I'm going to believe in this and you believe in yourself a lot in so much more than I do. Like, and you are, you, you get things because of it. Like you got on 
uh, on Comedy Central from Delaware because you just believed that reality, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I would be, ha- I would have a better life if I just picked a reality and went with it. And instead, I feel like I'm letting reality like dictate me. Like I'm just, I'm being very passive and like, and unhappy. But it's just, uh, when I think about like, okay, I'm gonna do it, even if it's something just simple about like, I'm, I'm gonna, like a career thing, like the Comedy Central example. I can't stick with it because I just then have all these doubts. I'm like, are you just lying to yourself, though? Are you just going to bankrupt yourself and ruin a future for your son because you believe in this crazy dream that you're going to be an actor? And I'm like, I just feel frozen all the time because of it. It's so interesting. I'm so glad that I know you and have spent time with you uh, when I deal with Phoenix because Phoenix hates making decisions and gets frustrated and it's so difficult for me to parent that i've talked about this before because freedom and autonomy is so important to me that i want my kids to feel like they make all of their own decisions and i don't want to interfere with their decisions and so i'm constantly asking her i just took her clothes shopping and was like what do you want and i that's what i would have wanted like my parents would have you know my my dad and stepmom were pretty good about it, but that's not how my mom would have handled it. You know, I didn't. I felt by by Phoenix's age, by nine, I felt imprisoned by adults. I fucking hated the idea of being told when to eat, when to go to sleep. I hate making my kids do anything because it feels like such. I'm like they are they are beings. You know what I mean? I don't care how old they are; they are beings, and I don't want to infringe on who they are, or what they want to do. It's very difficult for me to be a mom as a result. And I don't want to make Phoenix's decision. She's nine, you know? And she's like, I don't want to make these choices. Pick some outfits for me. And because the, the, the second I ask her to make a choice, she, like, gets overwhelmed. And I'm like, tell me about the feelings when you get overwhelmed. Are you afraid you're going to make a mistake? Because nothing's permanent. You can buy these clothes and decide you don't like these clothes and just go buy more clothes. Like nothing, nothing, it doesn't matter. I can decide that this is my belief system and allow it to evolve into something else. If I went back, I cringe sometimes when I go back and think about, I thought about baby mama trauma yesterday and I mean, I'm like talking you through and it's like a, a valuable piece of the evolution, but I'm like, talking about Tabitha like you know this is just a person who fell in love with someone else which is never what I thought but I was like oh I have a dog in the fight of course I think she's a narcissist of course I think she's abusive because I'm jealous of her but I I think back to every time people get start the podcast and they're talking about the open-handed thing and they're like Jess is so your your views on love and I'm like oh keep listening because I I eat an absolute shit sandwich on that arrogant ass episode and I want to like feel like that's a mistake and be embarrassed by that but it's just it's part of the process and it's cool and mistakes and and failures are fun and if you don't you know I jump off a million cliffs and I break a million bones and it's fine because I do land on comedy set I do like Ah, I wish you I wish you had been around to watch me staring down the barrel of having to move to Delaware. Like I wish you could have watched me like uh I wish you could have seen me like actually starting to crack and lose my shit when I'm like I 
jump off of a reality where my bills are all paid and now my bills aren't paid and I'm about to lose everything and I don't even have rent for two weeks from when my very expensive rent is due and I'm just like it's going to be it's going to be okay it's going to be okay I pick the reality the reality doesn't pick me and I'm like trying to hold my shit together but I'm kind of not holding my shit together and then reality has to fucking bend to that and it did bend to that but I also have a very intense desire right now to believe in mistakes and to hate myself for for being someone that just adapts and chooses a different reality. I don't know what's happening, but I'm like, it's insufferable, right? It's got to be insufferable <laughs> to know me and to watch me just what change? change i don't know it's like i want this and i go after it and then if it doesn't happen i'm like Meh. i'll try wanting this or i'll go from this angle or whatever and it's like uh, it can be it yeah. can be frustrating uh but underneath like the fr- I was just speaking for myself yeah i've gotten mad and been like you just you just you just change you just change uh like it didn't work out, but you won't just admit that it didn't work out. You're just like, nope, I never wanted it. Now this is what this is what it was really all about. And I'll be like, Ugh. but I am aware enough to know that underneath that frustration is jealousy. I'm jealous of it. I want to do that. Because, you know, like I, yeah. I'm I am over here hating myself and and wallowing in my failures. And I'm watching you just uh like uh effervescent teflon uh (laughs) just you know just keep going keep rolling keep going keep going and uh so yeah i think that's what the frustration stems from well i feel like i get both sides of it i don't know if it's because i look at things through your eyes but like there are still things that i want i still want to make a show and i didn't i didn't like that it was in someone else's hands and I didn't like that we were like hitting this brick wall. And I'm like, I just don't We'll just figure out a way to do it ourselves. Like, fuck. I hate fucking gatekeepers. I uh, put a comma in there somewhere. <laughs> I hate. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you knew Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Uh, uh. No, no one likes fucking gatekeepers. <laughs> <sighs> but so I think sometimes I think, am I just full of shit? And I think I have to be somewhat full of shit, right? I just, I just don't lock into anything because I just don't feel like locking in anything brings any happiness. It doesn't. To me, it's a nightmare. I would have to pick one thing and stick with it forever, and it just, it feels like nine to five, like whatever. But um, I think because I'm not, I'm not actually committing, I'm not locking in. I have things that I want and I go for them and I don't stop until I get them. But sometimes I hit roadblocks and then I ask myself, do I really want this? Is it still available to me and I'm just coming at it from the wrong angle? 
I, you know, I do get distracted and I do change my mind a lot, but like, and I used to hate that about myself, but now I look back, we tell stories and I'm like, oh, this is when I was trying to get into gangs. Oh, this is when I was a Christian. I think like, if this is a video game, boy, did I soak up every fucking thing that it had to offer. I played so many different characters. I got to have so many different kinds of adventures and meet so many different kinds of people. And this is like my dream life. My nightmare is picking one sim and living it forever. And did anybody get hurt? I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm just playing the game. I think of that Rick and Morty episode where he plays uh, the game of that guy's life. Yeah. I, um, don't remember what got me onto this. Oh, truth. Truth. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this because it, the 5d stuff has gotten so, the Ascension stuff has gotten so intense and there is so much supernatural stuff in my day-to-day life that I don't talk to you about because I like uh I worry sometimes I'm like surrounded now by so many other people in the same reality that the conversations I have with these people are so far outside of a conversation that I would feel comfortable having on this podcast or with you because it's almost like this is a different reality over here and I worry like have I gone off the deep end and I used to feel like so confident and I don't feel so confident anymore. And I feel like I don't feel so confident because I don't have one foot on each square anymore. I do have two feet over here and I guess I just have to wait until there are negative consequences. So far it's been just a lot of really positive payoffs and I guess I'll take that as the indicator, but it's all, the reality that I'm experiencing and it's not based on what other people tell me. Well, when I believed uh, in Mormonism, I believed, I mean, that's an all encompassing thing. I think when I, I'm afraid that when I say it, people just think I'm talking about like when I believed in this religion, like that gave my whole life purpose. My whole life purpose was based on that. Everything that happened in my life, I knew was part of God's plan. I knew everything that happened was working for my good. Like, every bad thing was a trial. Like, it's not, you know, this isn't the end. This is a trial that's going to help me. Like, everything had a purpose. Um, I believed that uh, things would work for my good. I believed that if I if I wanted a job, I would get it. And if I didn't get it, it's because God had a better job for me. Like, they, every, I just believed. Like, I had this confidence, this optimism uh, in everything because uh, I was God's chosen son, and I was loved, and I was uh, I was obedient, and I was good. Like all these things are gonna were gonna happen for me, and I was also surrounded by people who viewed the world the same way. Right, and we all just uh, you know nodded in agreement with each other, and 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 confirmed every like we just kept we kept saying it, and we told yep. everybody everybody we all believed it, and everything I saw was. Uh, you know, not negative consequence. I didn't see anything as negative consequence until the scales fell off my eyes. And then I, I realized like everything that this belief system had cost me. And I recognized all the things that I had done uh, because of like the, the, that were bad, like all the experiences I denied myself and everything. And uh, so, so now I'm like, I, I miss that optimism. I miss it. And I, and I, and I'm jealous of yours and I'm jealous of your experiences, but I won't dive in. Like I, tr- I, you know, I experiment with magic stuff. Like I tried it on and then I just, 
there's 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 the like the occasional magic thing that feels yeah. good to me and I accept it but for the most part it didn't it didn't f- fit and uh like I don't uh uh mind anyone else believing in it like I like you know like especially not you I I uh but like for me I feel like if I dive all the way in if I believe in this stuff and I just say Okay, well, I'm like you know optimistic now. I just believe that I I'm powerful and that I can create my reality. I think well, then you'll just be choosing to see all the good stuff, man, and you'll just you'll just be convincing yourself again that everything is working out for you, even when it's not. And that would suck. And then like, but but like, would it? <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. then then you would be uh, you would only be seeing good things. You would you would be happier. But you could be wrong, like and I, and that for some reason, being right is being being wrong is scarier to me than being unhappy. Well, I think what you just said about like up until the point where you said all the things that you lost and all the things you missed out on, I was going to be like, if you believed those things while you were Mormon, then they were true. Like that's the li- that's the experience that you had. The difference between Mormonism and believing that you are God is that there's a lot more rules than the other thing you lose a lot more but if it doesn't resonate like if it doesn't feel true you shouldn't do it anyway you know i it just got to the point for me where it's like i'm just kind of pretending to believe in stuff for the benefit to to fit in with society it's all day every day my experiences are this not because i read it somewhere not because a friend of mine does it and it works for them these are my experiences and i'm constantly putting them aside or hiding them or being quiet about them or, or, you know, sharing them with a very, uh, small amount of people, uh, because nobody else sees it, you know? So it's like, I don't, I didn't want to be weird or I didn't want to be crazy, but like, I don't, it's just true. It just is true for me. I don't think it's true for everybody. It's just, it's, it's the world that I see. And now for the very first time in my life, I have other people around, you know, I do think I was exploited by somebody who, who just, knew enough about it and I was so lonely in the world without anyone who could see the things that I could see and could speak the language that I spoke that I stayed somewhere I didn't want to be for a long time because of it now I just have a there's so many people and so now I have a community and stuff and it's fun uh it's just getting it's getting bigger and it's getting weirder and it's all the stuff I knew was coming so I don't know it's just like I feel like right now I don't feel I don't have this unwavering confidence I do feel like I am walking into uncharted territory, so I feel like I have to constantly qualify. Don't follow me. Please don't fucking follow me. If you're already walking this way, we can walk next to each other, but don't fucking follow me because I'm not positive. Uh, I don't think it's possible for me to be positive. It's like I'm walking over here. I'm hoping the earth is round, but I could just fall off of this cliff. I have a, a sensation that I'm going somewhere, but like don't. I don't have the confidence I used to have. And I think that's probably good. I think it's probably good that I'm a little more humble than I used to be. Yours definitely round. No, I just was looking for a metaphor. Like and then I was like, oh, sure. God, I can't no. use this metaphor. Oh, uh, no, I was just joking with you. I'm like nervous about like, I, even if you're walking this way with me, please don't tell me because I'm so nervous because like, I know I've seen the echo chamber of religion and how people who believe the same thing can just reinforce all this stuff until the point they're murdering children, you know? And, uh, I'm nervous. Like I, I'm like rather be 
alone now. You know, I'd rather just like I'll keep all my beliefs to myself and like I don't like this stuff even just with you there's stuff that like i like that like that and like when i've shared with you like a like a, a a magical dream or some synchronicity but then when i share it with you and you uh get excited and like want to make it into like a more like a like a bigger thing or something like it like more meaningful like then i then i suddenly get uh squeamish right yeah you've seen me do that where i'm yeah. like oh well i mean it's just a dream Numbers appear every like that's not you know da 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 da, but like if it's just me, it's easier for me to be like oh, thirty three. What you know? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of this is a process too. Like uh, enlightenment is a is a process, and the sadness and the difficulty and the navigating. You're like, it's just a it's a process. Just like finding out you were tricked. I don't think I get the skittish energy when I'm doing readings for people who who had a narcissistic relationship and it's like there's a skittishness where you have a difficult like you you find all these pieces of yourself after you've been abused but then when i get that card it's like you can't share those pieces you're like the last person that came near these took these and it took me forever to find them and put them back so like i don't want you to touch these these are mine and, and yeah. that's it and there's a desire to share them with people but then a fear of sharing them with people and the thing i always tell people in the readings is like this is a it's a phase. It doesn't last forever. It doesn't have to last forever. You will eventually heal to the point where you're able to share these with people again. And I think it's got to be the same with finding out that your whole fucking religion, like that's traumatic. On top imagine of both of those things happening. And yeah, yeah, at the same time. So I think, I think you'll figure it out. You're just, your, your gut led you this far. It'll, it'll take you the rest of the way. Thanks. I didn't mean for that to turn into a, you'll be all right. But yeah, no, it's no, it was nice. It's nice. I like when you say nice things to me. It's, uh, well, we got to go see Midsummer. Uh, we'll close on this. I had texted Tim at the beginning of this thing. Oh, said, yeah, let's bring it back to conspiracy. What's stuff? the thing called with the CIA blackmailing people? And he said, history and the present. <laughs> So we'll have him on uh, late It'll September. Be It'll be fun. We'll get. <laughs> did we, I love how differently this episode ended from yeah. where it began. But, uh, you know, that's Mormon and the meth head for you. Check us out in all the places. All the places. Bye you, bye. you know. Bye. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. So read our friends, listen to them talking to Mike. Starbanes Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.